0: What you are about to see is real. Two women of privilege, their views shaped by their divergent backgrounds. A white woman from an evangelical Midwest military household and a multiracial philosopher from a wealthy Southern California family. They are attempting to do something unimaginable in today's society. They are going to talk to each other like human beings. This, is Privilege with Purpose. Co-hosts Deva Mills and Alina Francis openly discuss topics that are normally only whispered about behind closed doors as they try to illuminate context and break down power struggles. Welcome to the conversation. On this episode of Privilege with Purpose... The cult, cult of, of self-help.
1: A lot of the people that have... Um, self-made themselves into gurus. A lot of them are not even experts in their fields.
2: If you didn't come out of COVID with a new side hustle and losing 20 pounds, you were never motivated. That's what a lot of self-help is doing. It's taking very complex world problems and it's it's solving them with a magic bullet.
1: All right, so you started talking about Oprah and her being Street Smart. And I
2: realized.
1: Please explain that. Yes, I did come from privilege, but right now, if you look at me on paper, I'm not privileged. I came from it, but I don't have it. But she has a good wine. <laughs> yeah.
0: The conversation starts now.
1: Hi, welcome to Privilege with Purpose.
0: I'm Dava Mills.
1: I'm Alina Francis.
2: And today we are talking about the, the cult, cult of, of self help. Because it's kind of a cult for some people.
1: And this particular podcast really had me go through changes because I myself um, am a Reiki healer and I also do spiritual coaching. So there's a lot of things in information that we are now going to be giving out today that kind of hit me in the wrong way and and also in a very sad way in regards to the healing of humanity.
2: First thing I want to talk to you about. Yes. Landmark.
1: Yes, that's mm-hmm. something we share in common.
2: Very much in common. So tell me about your experience with landmark.
1: So um landmark. By the way, a lot of people have it that it's a cold, and I'm here to say because I I did landmark, and I certainly was not a part of a cold, and it was not a cold to me. Um, and if anything, it literally helped the healing process. Of my family, so much that I went through the process. At one time, they didn't have enough forum leaders and they did a, a fast track. And so I was being trained and groomed to be a forum leader. Uh, but halfway through the process, I stopped myself because I needed something more spiritually based and something that had more spiritual accountability in it.
2: You know, that's interesting because I went through the forum. Yes. And then I went through the advanced course. Right. And then I did the SELP. And the SELP is the, it's a self enhancement leadership program. And everybody takes on a project. Um, One of the things when I was done with the SELP is I got invited to come uh, basically support one of the events. I was really put off by the leader at that event because I saw him backstage purposely picking out things that could be almost impossible to do because. Landmark is all about finding the possibility, and nothing is impossible. And I really just read it as he was being arrogant and egotistical, which is interesting, because according to Landmark, that's what I was making it mean. So I found value in it. But I also didn't like the argumentative nature that you really had to defend a no constantly, or else it was a yes. And I thought, I thought that was bullshit. Okay. So ultimately, in the end of the day, um, we've both been through. This was a massive self help, especially right. the forum, which is the the start of it. It's two and a half it's days. Three, yes. Yeah, you're yes. basically locked in a room, and they tell you that if you're uncomfortable, stay in the room. Back in the day, they actually locked you in. If you had to go pee, you just peed in your chair. Um, they got beyond that, that, but that's that's where it got started. Um, And then it's really about going through these observations in life and these assumptions and breaking it down. And they kind of take it all away from you, and then they give it all back to you. Um, But from that, there's a certain lexicon that's emerged, and you can recognize people that are in Landmark. And then from there, you can see it bleed through into other forms of self-help. Right. So when you were doing the research today, what was one of the overriding themes that you saw in self-help?
1: Um, one of the problems that now is occurring in self-help is that it's not actually (laughs) self-helping. It is actually causing a lot of harm and there's not a lot of correct information, (laughs) um, which critics are saying and putting out there. And I, myself, who started off with Landmark, I have done every, my family and I have done everything under the sun that you can imagine. Um, landmark, Agape, Christian Science, Therapy from the Best Therapist, mm-hmm. um, you, you name it, we've done it. And, and it has continued within the, the four of us, because I have three sisters. We all have our different paths and how mm-hmm. we are self-helping ourselves.
2: So when I was out looking, one of the things that I found, a couple little nuggets of information, they said that most self-help books and self-help processes could actually be divided into three classes, bad effect, placebo effect, and no effect. The bad effect is about harmful derogatory right. advice. Right. Um, placebo effect was really interesting because it said that the people that benefit from the placebo effect, they're already doing it. So it really is more of an ego boost to them that right. I'm already doing this. Um, the no effect was interesting because it was really more about
1: accountability because it's about the accountability of the self. Right. So, so part of my, um, sadness actually in the realms of where self help has headed, um, it feels like it looks like now it's about the money mm -hmm. and It looks like and it feels like that from an average person or someone who's never seen a therapist, has never seen a psychologist, has Mm -hmm. never been in group therapy, has never worked on themselves or gone inwardly, Mm -hmm. that it's, you know, giving this illusion that... Okay, I'm here to help you, these self-help gurus. Right. I'm here to help you and uplift you, and I'm selling you on my lifestyle.
2: Right. Right? And they're boiling it down to platitudes. Yes. And it was interesting because I found a quote about um, self-help, and it was by a PhD. His name is Gerald Rosen. It was written around 1977. Right. And it's the concept of psychobabble, which leads directly into the concept of self-help. And it's huge. I had to write it down, have to read it from the card. So bear with me here. But he said, psychobabble is a set of repetitive verbal formalities that kills off the very spontaneity, candor, and understanding it pretends to promote. It's... An idiom that reduces psychological insight to a collection of standardized observations that provides a frozen lexicon to deal with an infinite variety of problems. Okay,
1: so most people who just heard that spoke another language. Right. Okay, so let's let's bring it down. Right. Okay, so what you're really saying...
2: Mm-hmm. Well, remember at the start of COVID, there was a huge meme going around the internet that said... If you didn't come out of COVID with a new side hustle and losing 20 pounds, you were never motivated. And it took a very complex problem and it reduced it down to a very egotistical, self-important, I'm better than you and this is what you need to do to be great. That's what a lot of self-help is doing. It's taking very complex world problems and it's it's solving them with a magic bullet.
1: And here, I'm going to add to it. So she knows because I was friends with her while this happened Mm -hmm. Um, before I started my job, my, my last job, Mm -hmm. um, I signed up for a three day seminar Mm -hmm. and my sister, who's a well-known coach, life coach, um, she was actually coaching in it. We didn't know until I called her and we started talking about it. We were both really excited, right? As I'm doing the seminar, I'm getting hyped up. I'm feeling really good. Um, They're noticing me. Don't know if it's because of my sister saying the things, they're including me. I'm getting into the green light room. And then it came their plug, right? It's like, okay, now, Alina, you could be amazing, right? You are amazing, can be amazing. You've got what it takes, right? So, Here's the deal. If you want to go to the next step, you have to pay X amount of money to do, to to work at this level. You're going to be working one-on-one with special coaches and they're all known, right? right? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great. I'm like, awesome. However, I didn't have the money and my sister knew it. So I'm talking along with the coach that I was already given and We had we were going back and forth, and then finally it's like "Mm," because I was on the fence because I'm like no I don't have the bunny. Right. So all of a sudden I actually get a call from the woman that's leading in. Is this is her thing? She calls me. She's like, okay, how do I get you to be a yes? (laughs) How do I get you to be a yes? I was like produce some fucking money for me. right? <laughs> like I, yeah, like that's how i going to be, you know, yes. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. She started walking me through it. And basically by the time we we're done with their conversation, she's like, Kalina, I'm going to call you back tomorrow. It's either going to be me or your coach. Um, and we'll figure something else. Okay. Right. Click. So here's what happened with me. Like, so, oh, during the conversation, I said, so what? You want me to go borrow money Mm -hmm. to, to do this course? She goes, yes. I go, really? So it, it doesn't bother you that I would go possibly bankrupt or like, you know, yes. You got to do whatever it takes because if you don't, you're not really doing the course. You're not really doing See, the work. And that
2: starts going into the cult mentality. Right. And it's what we call toxic positivity. Yes. It's, it's, it's right on the ledge. It hasn't gotten quite into the toxic positivity, but it's manipulating you. Yes.
1: So I got the phone and I was like, whoa. And I, I called, I talked to my sister and they had already spoken to her. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, Lena, but I already know you don't have the money. I'm like, yeah, I don't have the money. Right. I was like, you know what? you know what what really bothers me about this whole conversation is that she is willing to put me in an Mm in-depth situation, borrowing from people. We know how that ends, right? Right. Family or friends, whatever, just to make the deposit. Mm -hmm. That's not covering all of it. Right. But if don't worry about that because if you're doing the work and you're following my steps, if you're doing the routine that you'll already start making the money See, to cover it. I'm like, wow. And so that's where i then I really lost interest. And I oh, was yeah. like, that, that, that really sucks because now you're telling me because I don't go looking for the money mm-hmm. to do your program. I'm now, not invested in Alina right and it's like wow now you're here to uplift you're here to serve but this is where you're getting people Mm -hmm. so now now I got this new awareness your your Mm self-help is not my self-help no because my self-help is providing for your self-help what
2: they're doing though is they're making you wrong they're putting you in a situation where if you don't succeed you didn't want it good enough so you didn't manifest it and everybody there is a great phrase out there right now it says did you manifest it or was it white privilege you also have to look at these situations was that person already in a position of power to be able to get this stuff so now People don't understand. No, she wasn't. She okay.
1: literally she brought her business from zero to, and she's not quite to Tony Robbins level, right. but she's right there in the middle.
2: Okay. Right. See, I I see a lot of these people, they say they've worked hard, but at the end of the day, they already had a leg up. Yeah. And that's the thing that drives me nuts. And I mean, we're not going to go down the Rachel Hollis rabbit hole and be clear about that. But that's one of the issues in like motivational speaking and stuff is a lot of people talk about how hard they worked. And I'm not knocking anybody's ability to work hard, but I am going to knock your ability to not admit your support systems that help you get to where you need to go. And some people have a little bit more money to get those support systems, and some people can go on three hours of sleep and make it work.
1: And then there's some people who innately can't. So then then here's this problem. As we're going through the research and I'm talking to Deva, Mm -hmm. I'm looking who are the top spiritual leaders right now I said, I go, first off what's really upsetting. There was hardly any women right. on that list. That's disheartening for me, especially since you have new agers, which I could be quantified as that a new ager who is saying we need feminine energy to heal the world. Mm-hmm. Yet there is no one of feminine gender that has helped leading And healing the world,
2: except for
1: except for Oprah, I love Oprah by the way, but I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. That's what you're giving me, right? And not to say Oprah, you're not bad, right? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just like, that's what they're telling me. Right. And when
2: you go to a Tony Robbins seminar, I've never been to one, but I've seen videos of them. There's nothing feminine about that energy. It's
1: get up. It's move. You can do this. And my sisters and my mother went through it. They loved it, by the way. Really? But here's here's Mm. the thing. They got a lot out of it, by the way. Okay. And this is the thing. Not everyone has access to that because if you don't have money, you can't do it. Right. So then my thing to Tony Robbins is now who are you really helping? Right. Right. Are you really helping? Cause most of humanity is not at that level. So, okay, fine. Um, I'm not knocking you down, but it's like in your, in, in, in the getting, the beginning of Tony Robbins, the beginning of any of these self help, um, gurus that are out there. Um, were they ever it's it's almost like they've forgotten their way well like yeah. they've lost their way because now it's about selling you well you can have an island too you can have a, this too but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty certain and i could be wrong that that's not really what life living a life that you love is really what it's all about we are being sold on to have a life that you love and live, you're gonna have a jet, you're gonna have a this, you're gonna have that, right. you're gonna have a nanny to clean your bathrooms, you're gonna have an island, you're gonna have a master circle. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Okay, so now let's go to planet Earth, let's like bring it down, right. let's get really real here. And it's like, so me, that as I am not a guru, and I, what makes so, then I thought, well, what when, when am I doing that when I am spiritually coaching people? And then I started going through this and I really got no I'm not because I am actually invested in people's self care versus self help. And the problem I'm not is, interested in self help, I'm right. in, interested in self care. But I want to look at the, the at difference. the bigger
2: level. When you're speaking to a room of 10,000 people, right. what are you doing? You're boiling it down to the lowest common denominator and suddenly you're famous for that. The problem is is when you're working with someone one on one, it, it's it's like a prescription. Right. This prescription will work for this person, but not for this person because their body's allergic to it, right? right? So you are forcing people and telling them that they're failing because they didn't manifest it. They didn't want it enough. They didn't do the steps when it literally maybe their soul is allergic to that process. Right, right. And we're forcing people and we're belittling them. And we have this toxic positivity all around. We're going to manifest this. Right. Instead of go deep into yourself and what is it is going to, what do you really need? And what's that next step to get there? But instead, we just want to say, well, you didn't get up at 4 a.m. Well, I'm a night owl. How about you didn't stay up till 2 a.m.? Nobody ever says that shit, right?
1: And if you don't do, if you don't follow it, so in one group that I actually got you into, it's a very cool group and I'm not going to say the name. In this group, it was very cool up until the point where they had to do their plug. And I go, okay, I'm done. Because then I realized, yes, these people could have helped me. And yes, they can still help me, but that's not my goal my goal is to help heal people right i don't and you know and if i have a comfortable life doing it fine i don't have to have a fucking island right right and in my my setup is and i always tell this to my clients is that you know what right off the bat i said if you're here to have Mm -hmm. someone hold your hand for the rest of your earth right I'm not, I'm not it because I'm not interested about holding your hand. What I am interested in, what I am up to is giving you skills and tools so that you can go out and do that for yourself.
2: See, and that's, that's where, again, it gets into the cult of self-help. You have the people that have read this book, read this book, read this book, read this book, read this book. And this is a phenomenon that I've noticed. And with the people that I work with, I tell them, don't read all the books. Right. Because if you read all the books, what happens is you start looking for what's different. You start don't look for the common thread anymore. So I assign... Or you just
1: don't know what you're really reading. reading.
2: And so this is what happened. So each person on my team got a slightly different assignment. And one of them is, I want you to read Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. Awesome. And I want you to read it over again. And I want you to read it over again. And she came back and she's like, okay, after about six months, she's like, now I've downloaded an audio too. I listened to it. These are the principles that I read in this that I'm applying and I'm seeing how it's working in my marriage. I'm trying it with a couple of the managers I work with. And the other one, I said, I want you to get yourself down to Pat Lencioni. Like you're going to read the five dysfunctions of a team. You're going to read this over and over and over again. So what she's done is she's become a student of Pat Lencioni. Same verbiage, same message. She listens to his podcast. She's read five dysfunctions of a team, right? Over and over and over again. And I'm like, because I don't want people trying to focus on the nuances that make things great, right? right? Let's let's start with the platitudes, but also work within what your zone is. Right. And then from there, it was interesting because I was doing research. There is this concept from the Benedictine monks, and it is called divine reading. Yeah. And divine reading simply means when you come across a passage that really means something to you or hits you, you stop, you read it over, you read it over, you read it over, you meditate, you become aware of that. And I think about that with a lot of my evangelical upbringing, right? There was a lot of emphasis posted um, out there on the memorization of scriptures and concepts and the embodiment of it. And right now we are throwing so much self-help at people in the nature of capitalism and manifestation and all this, that if you go down a Dutch rabbit hole, which I did, they called self-help an American, an American thing. It was an American concept.
1: Here's the other thing to it as well, which is disappointing. And that is that a lot of the self-help too is targeted to people who are at a certain class bracket, Mm -hmm. right? So then you have people who want to be better, do better, have and be better. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. There's still a lot of people on this planet who are not willing to not just, so it's one thing to read a self help book. Because I'm not knocking, we're not knocking self help books. In fact, and and I want to make a clarification right here real quick, is that Oprah has never set herself to be those things. No. But it's interesting that when Googling that she, that's who she is. Right. Right. And we know she's much more than that. Right. Right. she's not the same as Tony Robbins and everyone else that is under that. So going back to what I just said is that people still have an adversity going and seeking help. Right to psychologists, therapists, life coach groups, whatever. And the fact of the matter is, is I don't even know if they know that that's what they have. Like it's right. built in their insurance. If you're working in a company, you have the insurance to do that. And yet people are not doing that. It's like self help, I think should be looked at as a supplement, like well, a the, supplement vitamin. Right. But there, if you have serious problems, reading a book is not going to make you better. And then going to your family and friends, which is, by the way, it's known in psychology, that they're the worst people to get your fucking support and information because right. there is a bias there. Well, now And because it, it's not objective. Right. But
2: I also want to go into, you're dialing into that no effect situation, right. right? They say the no effect becomes no effect. Because of the accountability, the person really needs a therapist, yes. right? So or a psychiatrist. Right. So I saw this play out with someone recently where going through a divorce... Suddenly their spouse was all, but I read this book and I'm changed. They're like, no, for six months you've not been changed. I didn't know you have been reading the book, but now that I tell you I want out of this, you've suddenly changed. Well, that person all along has needed a therapist and they're still refusing to do it. So yeah. the problem is, is we have to have the self-reflection and we have to have the vulnerability to talk to people right. that aren't our family members, to talk to the people we work with, to talk right. to the people, because at some point it becomes hard to hold our friends accountable to their attitudes. Right. It becomes hard to hold our family accountable to attitudes, right? Right. right. Because, well, I'm a Christian, I don't need this. Right. Or that was, I don't need therapy. I don't, and so there's so much in self-help that, yet yeah, can be good, when applied right, but there's definitely times you need a more targeted approach and you don't need a frozen platitude
1: right.
2: that's gonna get you to the next level because it's not gonna work. It's uh, frozen for so a reason. So
1: for the general public, please explain platitude because I bet you a lot of people are like
0: what
1: <laughs> So is she a saying? platitude. Okay, so the modern I'm version of get a- some coffee now. Is it,
2: a modern version of a platitude is a meme. It's basically, it's a concept like you see a picture and somebody has a phrase on it. You're like, I know what that's about. That's what a platitude is. It would be the modern version of it is a meme. So we're which literally very tragic. Yeah, we're, we're building life lessons off of memes, which are a teensy little snippet of what's really happening. Do you want to base your life on a teensy snippet?
1: And here's the other thing we were going through. Yeah. We're both in our research of all this. Um, and it's also very disheartening. A lot of the people that have um, self-made themselves into gurus, um, such as Rachel. Yeah. Alice.
2: John of God. John yeah. of
1: God. I mean, we can go, That that's really sad. So here's the thing. A lot of them are not even experts in their fields. No. It's fine to draw off your experience, but it's another thing to now stamp yourself as I am the expert of this, when you are indeed not, just by de facto of your experience. Well, then one can say that about me, correct? Right. Right? But I I have my certificates, right? right? You have your fields of study. I have my fields of studies and I have my experience. Did I go and finish college? I did not. No, but how
2: many majors do you have in college? Uh,
1: so my first major was English for law. Mm-hmm. Then it was child psychology, okay, child development. Then what I really knew I needed to be and wanted to do was philosophy. Uh, my dad was like, absolutely not. You can't make any money. What are you going to do with that? I was like, what does it matter? That's what I want to do. Right. I want to know. Write books. Be a philosopher. <laughs> He's like, that's in fucking ancient times, Alina. You can't, you can't make money but, from that. If like, you were a philosopher, uh, you'd just be a self help guru. That's what you right. would have been. Yes,
2: yes. Isn't that funny? I was
1: like, okay, so I went into international business. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but the interesting thing is full circle. I'm right. now. I'm now. I'm a philosopher. You are that's a philosopher. Who, that's Everyone that knows me, I'm a philosopher. Some will say uh, other things that I'm not going to mention because that will cause some controversy. Right. Uh, religiously. But it's like, I'm just here to serve and help. Right. That's all I know. Right. And I'm just going to keep on doing it. Right. However, I wonder how many that are now up there mm-hmm. at 450 million mm-hmm. and in between really what's going on like did you lost did you lose your way cuz i'm pretty sure i'm not going to be a better person cuz i don't have an a jet airline
2: you're saying all these people though that yeah. are at the 450 million or yeah. whatever right
1: yeah
2: how many of them are white males in the top 10 all of them all of them
1: the only one less brown
2: okay that's a good one, and, and now Oprah, is Oprah is in the op top ten, but she's now, not a man. No, but we had, but in the <laughs> top ten that means eight or white males, and we've had this conversation. We were talking about the interesting thing is you have Brene Brown, she
1: and it she's was phenomenal, phenomenal and a PhD. She's
2: a PhD, and yet Oprah is and she's basically not the only one. But yeah, Oprah is basically street smarts, right? But then I saw this clip, a, a meme a meme on Brene Brown where someone said, well, she's not saying anything black women haven't been saying for years. And I thought, well, that's kind of crazy to read. And so then it turns into what are we as society choosing to elevate? Who's making these decisions to make these people famous? Is it because it resonates with them and because they're already high paying, they're calling the shots, they're running the companies, they're the publishing companies. They're the people behind the, the media
1: is that why? Right. And so in short, because we're this is going to be actually an on, um, in short, because of all the research I had to do. Right. And there's actually more. Right. It, this is going to be an ongoing topic because it touches so much.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. It
1: touches so much that we need to talk about. However, we need to wrap this up. Um, And with that said, what I would like for everyone to take away, and it goes back Mm -hmm. to actually all our episodes with the first world problem, Mm -hmm. double D's, right? And with the cancel culture, culture. We need to really look and identify what's our intention. Like, what's my intention? Then when you can answer that, what's your intention? You can start to see where you need to get and find clarity. Then pick one because you can't pick all of them. No. Right? And then you need to go out and search for a group, a therapist or whatever that can assist you with that along with a self-help. Look, yeah. you can idolize anyone. I don't think we're even saying not to. No, that's, that's I think it's actually a natural human thing to do, yeah. but I, we have to be very careful in our healing process as individuals and collective consciousness that we have to then realize the moment we now say they're bigger and better than than uh, than me. I want to get there. I'm here. You're still stuck in a low vibration. Do you see? Because you're still you, th- stuck in a low vibration because there's something that. that and, and, there's something that needs to be fixed because there's something innately well, wrong with me and it It I can't goes back to, to that point. You're talking and about that's not fair. And I'm being that's being too hard on self. Right. But the problem is when you say low vibration, like if you
2: want to look at your chakras, what's happening is to get to that level, you've gotta operate out of your crown, out of your oral right. chakra. When you're saying I want that, you're operating out of your sacral yes. chakra. You're basically you're operating out of your sexual center, right? It's a turn-on to get there for you. It's not uplifting. It's not a natural state of no. being for you. So it's not about wanting to get there. And it's... what's the
1: fastest way to get there? There's no, right. So in, as, it, it's like, if you, if we learn from, if I learned from my fellow, um, mentors, Aristotle, Socrates, um, Gantt, You know, Joseph Campbell. I mean, we can go on and on and on. If you learn from all of them, what they had to say, it is about the journey. Everyone's like, oh, that's a cliche, but no, it's not. It's about process, and every process is completely different. So there's one, like you're saying, the magic pill. There's one, like what happened for Tony Robbins. It can happen for you, you just have to follow my steps. Or, you know, whoever else is out there, just, just follow my steps and you can, well, if you didn't achieve it, right. You did something wrong. Right. And, and no one's like, taken what? into consideration like that. Yeah. There's the rise <laughs> of social media
2: and figuring things out before the rise of social media and taken off or, you know, there is no other Tony Robbins because of the way that he put his life together. So there is no modeling that. So what I would want you to remember is At the end of the day, it's about where your life is going. Self-help is an awesome thing. It's not a magic bullet. It's about your accountability to yourself, to what your needs are. And your path is your path. It's not Tony Robbins' path. Anything you want to say? Oh,
1: there's so (laughs) much I want to say. And literally, she saw how upset I was because I was even fighting with myself like, am I a fraud? Does that mean I'm a fraud? And then when I had to look at the distinction between self-help versus self-care, which we're gonna to have to get into another topic, mm-hmm. uh, another podcast about self-care versus self-help, I realized, okay, I fit in self-care and what I do. The fact that I had a second-guess something that everyone that knows me knows I'm so strong in. Right. I started to question, well, fuck, am am, am I? Right. Am I following in their footsteps? But that's the only way to get better. uh, If I start to elevate, am I going to become like them? Mm -hmm. And and, and actually, as you're looking at my expression, I don't want to fucking become like that because who I am, I want to enjoy, like, I do like the best things in life. Yes, I did come from privilege. But right now, if you look at me on paper, I'm not privileged. I came from it, but I don't have it. But she has a good wine. (laughs) Yes. So here's the thing. In my having a happy life, I'm starting to see also all the pitfalls that are occurring and surrounding it. So with that said, I really, really hope again, the takeaway from me is Please be diligent with yourself. Do not pawn it off and pass it off into someone else's lap because you read the fucking book and now all of a sudden oh, I'm I'm good. Right. Because you're never because the truth is in psychology will tell you this. Any good psychologist will tell you this, or life coach, mm-hmm. or spiritual coach, is that You're never, this is the illusion, you're never going to ever get over anything. I'm going to repeat that. You're never going to get over anything that's happened to you in your life. However, what there is is going and peeling like an onion going deeper into the onion peel. So then you can be more happy. Make better choices. Right. And have the things that you would like to have in life. That's what's real. Mm-hmm. That's what's so I to Anyone, if they want to, con- you know, counter me on that fine, but I don't believe so. That's what's so, and that's what matters. Okay. So don't let a book or a person tell you that this is, this is what it looks like to be happy because as you start to grow and climb that ladder, you'll start to see that actually, that doesn't make you happy. Okay. Why do you think so many people on that ladder are not happy?
2: Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I got a joke for you before we close here. How many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. One, but the light bulb has to want to change. So thank you for joining us. Uh, We're privileged with purpose. and And
1: please, we would like you to subscribe. We invite you to come into the, our other conversations and we really would like to hear your opinions and thoughts and your experience of it so that in future podcasts, we can address that and speak to it because it's prevalent to everybody, Absolutely. not just, not to just women. our <laughs> vulnerable conversations.
2: Yes. Right.
1: So have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: The conversation doesn't stop here. We've got bonus footage from this episode, including...
1: All right, so you started talking about Oprah and her being street smart. smart. And
2: I realized...
1: Please explain that for everybody and make a clarification.
0: Check out the bonus footage playlist on YouTube. Available now. Next time on Privilege with Purpose.
1: Sex zombie. Are you a sex zombie?
0: Well, a
2: sex zombie actually comes from the clinical term of dead bedroom. So
1: don't tell me your marriage broke up because of COVID. You are not speaking the truth. When you can start speaking the truth and not yelling at each other, pointing the fingers, sometimes it's about the person who's not in the mood allowing
2: themselves the opportunity to sit with their partner and have their partner put them in the
1: mood. How can you shift the situation versus let's fix it? Because ultimately in the fix it attitude, there is going to be, I'm right, you're wrong.
0: reading.